I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me the hell, yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romaran, and Chino Liao bringing you another audio-only episode of the pod. And for this week, our special guest is all the way from Singapore. We've got Sam C. No, not Stan C. He's not even a relative, but he is a stand-up comedian, a Twitch streamer, and a content creator who's been making a lot of noise in the, in the Southeast Asian wrestling scene because of the Lockdown Cup. It'd be funny if you guys were related because your names aren't even spelled the same way. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not. <laughs> but you know how people are, diba? Para ah, magkatunog or halos pare or same lang yan, magkamag-anak na yan or whatever. So you know, si Mister Sai kasi siya. It's C as in to see, to look, right? You yeah. know what's funny? People often mispronounce it as Sai, right? But even Omar C, the guy who plays Lupin, uh, yeah, the Lupin character, yeah. is also a C. So, you know, people should be, be used to saying it's C more. It's uh, honestly, I feel like you're related to him more than you're related to Stan, to Sam Z. Like, yeah. like, I would believe that, you know. Sure, uh, sure. I'd love to be related to Omar C. Why not? Anyway, uh, it's a fun conversation with Sam. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff from his origins in the wrestling fandom to being a gay stand-up comic to navigating those spaces and uh, representation as a gay person, uh, especially in the wrestling landscape, which has gotten, thankfully, a bit more progressive in recent years. So it's a very insightful conversation on the pod with Sam C. Before we get to the main event, though, we got to let you know that there's so much to check out here on Podcast Network Asia. You know, we've got a lot of shows that we're lining up. We've got our own individual podcasts, at least for Chino and myself. We'll get to that towards the end, but you might want to save them now for a future search. It's The Class Clown with Chino Liao and On Deck with Stan C. Now let's get to our main event. We've got Sam C right here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. It's another exclusive audio-only episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which means we've got another guest joining us, and this guest is calling in all the way from Singapore. So we're talking to 
Twitch streamer, content creator, stand-up comedian, and wrestling fan, Sam C. You may have uh, heard of him through the Lockdown Cup. I certainly have seen a lot of the work that he's done on the internet because of the Lockdown Cup. So, Sam, thank you for making time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Stan, Chino, Shang Daddy. It's so <laughs> nice to be here. Hey. Thanks, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah. How are things over in Singapore with, you know, 2021 basically being the sequel to last year's craptastic uh, Darkest Timeline? <laughs> uh, so far, it's been decent here. We're, we're at phase three, which is, I realize every country has their own version of phases and classification and statuses. So Singapore, we're now allowed to go out in groups of eight. Live events are allowed to continue, but uh, only 150 people. So we're kind of slowly getting back to normal. And if uh, we're about to start giving out the vaccines for free, thank God for socialism. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're kind of on the up and up again. I mean, I work in live, ent- live entertainment, so we're still going to be fucked till 2024, but we'll, we'll, we'll make do. Yeah, so are you allowed to perform again or have you still yeah. just been relegated to online events? No, you can still perform, but the problem is that you can only perform in theaters. And like these are like thousand theaters and you can fit in a maximum of like a hundred people. So you can't perform, but it just costs a lot of money and it costs audiences a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do that to people that want to watch my shows because it's like, we're all broke. I don't want to try to shake like 50 USD out of you for like an hour of me doing material I have vaguely done in the last year. Let's start cheap. Let's start affordable. Let's all come in at an entry-level price and, and quality and then let's work our way back up to normal shows. But that's <laughs> so not it, yet. Yeah. So it's basically not sustainable to have live events on your scale just yet is what you mean. Yeah, not yet. I want to sort of like wait till we open up some of the smaller venues and then I'll be like, okay, let's start. Let's let's work from here. Let's work from being able to charge patrons affordable prices because that's my main concern. Just making sure people can afford it because I don't want to shake them down throughout 2020 live events audiences have been very kind to us they have been very generous with their time and money with all our attempts at online shows and all that nonsense so i don't want the first thing to come back would be like hey thank you so much for giving all your time we're gonna charge you three times the amount you used to pay although you donated all of that money to us (laughs) it's just just seems cruel doesn't it yeah yeah Totally. How about the rest of the stand-up scene over in Singapore? Is everyone else also stuck at home still? Or are there stand-up yeah. shows happening now? Nope, everyone's stuck at home. We've done like a show here here and there, the theater. But after that, we were just like, hey, you know what? Let's just wait until we get smaller shows. Some people are still uh, forging ahead at the bigger shows and the venues. And I wish them all the best because it just costs a lot of cash. So I was, in my end, I was like, I personally wouldn't want to run a show at that price on a monthly basis. But these people do have a bigger fan base and a more cash, uh, cash-rich fan base. So I wish them all the best in that. Now, uh, let's talk about your fandom because that's why mm-hmm. we're here. We're here to geek out about wrestling because that's yes. one thing we all share. So how did your fandom start? Uh, well, my, my fandom started on uh, watching, I, can't, I think is it Super Sports or Sports something. There's a channel throughout Southeast Asia where you have just really shite sports. So you would get, uh, was it? Tennis, the third, the third ranked tennis team, or like indoor bowling. And Is it Star Sports? Yeah, Star. I think it's a Star Sports. Not, not really Star Sports. One of those other channels. But then, I think it was like a Wednesday nights or something. Uh, you could catch SmackDown, not live, obviously, but you could get SmackDown, and we would have advertisements and everything. And it was just a, a sight to see because, like, I had watched a few episodes. I was like, oh, what's this? But the thing I remember the most, and I think that's what got me like hooked on it, was the I believe. Uh, Lesnar Big Show Superplex Angle with Ring Break. Okay. 
So that was the first thing that really made you want to keep tuning into the next one. Yeah, because it was like the ring broke, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, the ring's broken!" Holy! And then they win the commercial, and I was like, "Okay, it'll be the next match after this." And we came back, and it was still broken. I was like, "Oh, the ring's still broken. This must be real." And then it went to break one more time, and it came back, and the show closed with them just lying in the ring. And as a kid, you're just like, "Oh, this breaks all the rules. This is real." And as an adult, you're like, "Oh, they just didn't have any other matches after this, did they? They, uh, they had to run the car down. They really had nothing else on the show." Like, I guess the main event cancelled. They're like, fuck it, we'll just lie here for two commercial breaks. <laughs> just call it, a, call it an easy night in. So this was right around the Ruthless Aggression era, which was around yeah. the same time Ro and I got into wrestling. So who were the wrestlers that you started following? I think it was, I mean, definitely like Lesnar, Big Show, Angle. Can, can I say the guy with the with the Kripalakos face? Is, yeah. is he off limits? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, just need to show. Just need to check. Because some people are <laughs> saying, you can't. <laughs> He who must not be named. I'm like, yeah, he did a lot of shit stuff, but we just remember his name so we know to criticize the fucker for doing shit stuff. Yeah, so Chris Benoit absolutely loved his stuff. And yeah, and I I was a kid, so I did like John Cena. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's like a weird thing where it's like for a while, I was like, hey, John Cena was great. And then I think in the mid 2000s, you're like, you can't like John Cena. He's just winning everything. And now I was like, hey, it's cool to like John Cena again. Yeah, yeah, we're all at that point. Yeah, I like just. Wrestling smarts sometimes is just like, <laughs> I, kept, like I had to wait for permission to like somebody. Like, no, no, no I like. That's like, true. I, I, I've always been a fan of the more out there characters. So I've always been a fan of the Goldust character just because it's weird and different. Also, anyone who's finisher is just kick you in the dick. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fan <laughs> of that. That's all it was. Just like it was just a theatrical kick in the dick, and it was, and it was decent. Was it safe to take? Because as far as I know, it was safe because you were just kicking the turnbuckle. So I'm like. I assume that was a safe move. But... <laughs> I don't know about you, Ro. Have you ever been kicked in the dick uh, in the uh, ring? Because I have, like, a couple of times. Are you, have you been kicked in the actual dick? No. What I what I do when I give low blows is I just hook the I just hook the arm. Yeah. And really hit the crook of the elbow on the crotch. So it's it it, it, it is, there is contact with the pe- the crotchal area, but not as hard as it would be if it were the tip of your toe, right? So yeah, yeah. I think that's that's as about uh, as hard as it gets. <laughs> yeah, from my experience, it was probably a gentle tap <laughs> to the just, balls. Just, just, just a nudge in the right direction. Just a, yeah. just a breeze of fingers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because most uh, sort of dick kick city stuff is mainly you're kicking with your thigh, not with your not with your shin or your leg, but then with Shattered Dreams, that was like straight up punt kick. Right. I mean, you're kick- I mean, he's kicking the turnbuckle, like the turnbuckle below there, so it's still safe, but you're still getting a turnbuckle shoved right into your dingus. So, <laughs> but still, it's like, oh, that's great. And I realized like, I've always gravitated to wrestlers who are just slightly different. So it's like, like Luther, I gravitated to Luther because like, oh, this guy's just weird. I like this weirdo. This seems, <laughs> he's, he's not winning a lot of matches, but he's fun. So who are your favorite weirdos in wrestling today, aside from Luther? Favorite weirdos in wrestling. Let me think. Uh, Dexter Loomis, definitely. Yes. Dexter Loomis. Uh, I'm just like, please, Dexter, stay, stay in NXT. Don't go up to the main card. Don't go. <laughs> they're going to make you into a weird stalker that likes to touch women. You know they're going to do that. Don't go. No, it's like everyone else. Okay, you're going to screw you over, Dexter Loomis. Like, they're going to make you a, a pervert. This is not good. This will ruin your genuine image like outside of the ring as well don't go <laughs> like, so I think Dexter Loomis for WWE for NXT uh, apart from Luther any other weirdos any other weirdos I think not, not really. I mean 
it's easy to say Orange Cassidy because it's weirdo but fun. Yeah. On the indies, on the indies, let me think. Not a lot of weirdo. I'm like not off the top of my head right now. I'm very mm. sure somebody in the chat is like, hey, he's not a real wrestling fan. I was like, fuck it, no. Like, we all, it's kind of like being a wrestling fan nowadays. Like, you gotta watch everything. You gotta watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. You gotta watch every Chikara match. You gotta watch all of the indies, every single one. But you can't like CCW unless you like CCW, but not all of CCW, just some of CCW. And I'm like, I like some things in wrestling. I think that lets me be a fan. I'm not a fanatic, but I'm a fan of the product. Yeah, let's get into the diet then. I, I, I love referring to it as the wrestling diet because mm-hmm. we're all at a point where we've got work, we've got human lives to live mm-hmm. and you just really, it, it's virtually impossible to watch everything that's out there. So for you, what's your wrestling diet like? My wrestling diet are the, the main streamers, which are your, like, your dubs and your aru, which is that's WWE and AEW. Uh, so I just watch the highlights for SmackDown, Raw, Dynamite. I watch Dark. Because it's just like, it's just a fun, Dark is just fun because it's just like, oh, okay, these people are gonna, they're on their way up. And then I watch some of the, the regional stuff. So like your SPW, your Grab Max, your PWRs, all the boys and girls there. Yeah. Although uh, temporarily a bit uh, on pause for the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, because of the Rona. And of course you, APEC. You... I gotta say APEC. Right. Yeah, my PW, yeah. You mentioned having the smart glasses on, and I think every wrestling fan um, who's been a fan for a while, you, you get those smart glasses on, right? Like, what was that moment for you when you stopped being that kid who went, oh, wow, the ring broke, holy crap, to, oh, okay, kayfabe's broken, oh, yeah, let's pull the curtain back, oh, let's find out their real names, who's actually banging who? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I think it sucks to say this, but it's true, it was like the Chris Benoit death, because it was oh, like, shit. you know, not, not that, but because uh, Vince McMahon came back to life because he died right. in the limo and then he came back to life and you're like a, and I, the excuse he gave was oh I was, I was being overshadowed by his death and I'm like that's a really terrible thing to say even for a bad guy like there's a murder and the character just went you weren't paying enough attention to me so I'm back from the dead I was just making it for attention <laughs> like yeah, damn it gang y'all can do a little bit better than that so uh, I think that broke like because that was like oh I want to find out more about it so that kind of like helped me put on the smart glasses with that moment I was like oh I can see clearly now and uh, I yeah and then after that I was like okay let's see what's going on looking at all of like the report websites and then checking through the news and then kind of which was also which is bad and good because on the bad side I was like oh there's a bit of the the mystique is lost now you kind of know when somebody's coming back you're not truly surprised anymore yeah uh, I, one thing that surprised me recently but we'll get to that later but uh, the good news about it is also kind of like you are caught up on all the stuff. It's kind of like, you don't have to like watch through three hours of Raw anymore. It's just like, hey, watch this section or go to that section or these are the main important things you need to know about these storylines you follow. And I'm like, okay, good enough for me. Yeah, I think the only thing that truly surprised me recently, I'm not sure about y'all because I, I saw the reports about it but then I completely forgot, uh, like completely forgot about the, the news happening until it happened which was uh, Sting AEW. Ah. Okay, because for like cause everything earlier 2020, just like oh, Sting's leaving, and then it just kind of died down, and we all just I just went, oh, it's not happening. Sting's staying in WWE, and then it happened, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is a bit what? I'm not sure about uh, about Chino, so I can't uh, speak for him. But for me and Ro, it's probably Edge's return, right? Ah, yeah. I think for Edge's return, I I kind of like saw like, the articles about it, so I was like, oh, I do hope it might not be, but I do hope he comes back. <laughs> so he came out, I was like, yeah, he's back. 
And then he 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 went. But then he 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 left. But then he came back and then he left again. Like, Are we talking left. about like recent returns? Or? Yeah, the rumble. Yeah. No, I mean, like, just happened when you you said that you couldn't speak for me. So are we talking about recent returns? Because I'd say Daniel Bryan's return was pretty surprising as well. Oh yeah, I, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And and AJ signing with the WWE was also Ooh, like that. Good. That pop, I remember. Our good friend Red Oliero lost his shit inside Skinny Mike's. He started doing the the AJ Styles pose when <laughs> when AJ's music hit during the Rumble. So he just he just started doing this the whole time the whole two minutes AJ was making his way to the ring. Oh, it was the so weird, funny. The weird sort of like semi straddle. Yeah, like there we go. That, the he was doing that. So he was doing the that the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, skinny bikes. Yeah, I thought I thought he I thought he meant he was doing like the the palm over palm thing. Yeah, he was doing that too. Oh, <laughs> he, to he was doing all of it. He was doing all of it. So so yeah, that that was like a total mark out moment for all of us. Hey, Sam, we want to know more about the Singapore wrestling community. But first, uh, why don't we tell our listeners about our friends from Lazada? All right. So for everything you still need to buy, online shopping is still a pretty big thing here in the Philippines and wherever you are because we're in lockdown. And we'd rather get all our stuff online and have them delivered to our doorsteps. So if you need anything from the internet... Anything at all, whether it's LED lights, a new mouse, or new, a new mic even, if you want to start your own podcast like we do, uh, you can go buy all of that at our partners at Lazada by using our affiliate link. It's tinyurl.com slash wrestlingwrestlingxlazada. Uh, every purchase you make using our link before you check out helps keep the lights on at our show on Podcast Network Asia. And pretty much everything. It's a really big help and it goes a long, long way. So please use it again. That's tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Thanks, Ro. Now let's take a quick moment to hear from our other podcasts at Podcast Network Asia. Unfiltered, unhinged, raw and uncut. This is the flavor of Flick Off. In each episode, we will talk praise, praise. and smack on films both local and and international dishing out a heaping serving of juicy tidbits insights and innuendos in between our goal is to flip the boat and shake the industry by giving voice to general viewing audiences skewing the pretenses of academic critic circles this is Uncle Farouk Kaila Dos and is and we are Flick Off powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics What's the uh, wrestling community in Singapore like? Because um, Chino just painted a bit of a picture of what it, what it used to be like here in the Philippines where we would have these viewing parties for special occasions like the Rumble or WrestleMania. We would fill out an entire sports bar for that. How about in Singapore? Does the community get together outside of SPW or Grapple Max shows? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not super sure about that. I've not, I'm not really like connected with the local wrestling fan base here in Singapore. I think they're big because we do have like the... WWE live here once in a while. Yeah, they yeah. come to town and do the live show. I think they're a decent amount, but they're not like, oh, we're going to go out live. It's more like, hey, we'll just stay in our homes and watch it. And as far as I know, I don't hear or don't see any of these like, hey, let's watch this all together because I think just the time differences are not the best. And also Singaporeans, we love to work. So <laughs> we'll be like, oh, can I watch this in the office? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Uh, I remember being in Singapore in 2015 for th- that live event. Mm-hmm. I believe it was John Cena and KO in the main event of that one. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really stood out to me was how it really felt like a community there. Like people openly greeted one another. Like if you saw a, a guy in a WWE shirt at the mall, 
right next to the stadium. You just uh, too sweet them, or you know, you'd say mm. hi or whatever, which was really odd to me because from my experiences in the Philippines before that time, I never would have imagined people just yeah. saying hi to each other Same. just I, because I you're in a wrestling shirt. Yeah, I, I I would never even conceive of that. I mean, in Singapore, people don't even say hi to each other in in their own homes, much less outdoors. I probably guess it's just like is that that pure energy of like, hey, we like this one thing together, and we don't get to celebrate this enough. There's no like live events per se, except for except for SPW. So it's like when we meet in person, and I'm see I see you wearing official merch, and I'm wearing official merch. There will be that bond of like ah. And then you're just going to throw up whatever signs you want. And then all the other scared Chinese people are like, oh, no, it's a gang. And then they run away. So so when you guys, when you yourself watch uh, SPW, uh, Grapple Match, and all the other local scene things, you have a group of people you watch with. Like these guys, I only met them while watching PWR over here. You know, So have you gotten yourself that click that you watch shows with? Well, the wrestlers mainly, because I'll be very honest. You, I'm not. I, I want to come into this. I'm not. I don't want to pretend and like bullshit the credentials. Haven't been to a live SPW. Wow. Why? Okay. Because I've been running shows in the last eight years of my career. Right. Okay. And guess what? Sense. When I want to do a show, they're doing a show as well because they choose the weekends <laughs> and I work weekends, which means I will always be. Like, hey, I really want to go and watch the boys and everything, and I get told, "Hey, we've got like, let's say a big headliner." It's like, oh, who's Who's in town? And you're just like, Hannibal Buress. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll stick around for <laughs> Hannibal Buress then. Uh, Over Kenny uh, Omega? <laughs> yeah. The, the Kenny Omega thing, I was like, oh, I want to... Oh, sold out. Literally, it was like, oh my God, it's Kenny. Ah, uh, sold out. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> it's like, what, you, what you gonna do? It's Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean, man. I missed every Sakura because I had a gig too, so... Yeah. Like for and, me, it's like as much as like wrestling, it's like the, the, my live shows pay. And yeah. I I am a basically a uh, freelancer. So if you give if you give me money, I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> you want me to sleep your you want to sweep your floor? Sure. Just give me money. I'll be there. I'm I'm cheap. No, I I can totally relate. That makes you my guy already. Uh, <laughs> as somebody who's also had to rely on uh, you know the freelance life, yeah. it totally makes sense. But I I think but I think it's how I got into like the local stars because all of us used to hang out at like the bars together like the alternative art scene like you're not a mainstream singer you're not a mainstream personality you're a stand-up comedian yep. you're a wrestler or you're a rapper or you're a poet we just go to we there used to be a, a comedy club in singapore called the merry lion and we just all hang out there and drink because the drinks are affordable and we can just like hey we, we didn't want to go to the other cheap bar down the road because that's where all the celebrities go to so like, <laughs> we need to we need to find our own space because the celebrities keep taking up areas and we can't chat now I like how uh, the other bar for celebrities is actually cheap. I would have thought that that bar would have been more expensive compared to the alternative scene. Yes, yeah, Singapore, we're all cheap skates. We, we look like the rich, but we're, even the celebrities are broke <laughs> as shit here. <laughs> so what went through your mind when you realized that Singapore was creating its own pro wrestling scene? I was like, this is absolutely delightful. The fact that we're not like that artistically staffed place that everyone thinks. We, things we are I mean it's the same thing when you realize there's a stand-up scene in Singapore you're just like oh this city is truly full of life and it's the truth is that we've always been full of life we're just hard to find like any sort of like smaller art scene it's just difficult to find and when you do you'll be like oh where has this been all my life and you just learn oh they've been here for the last 10 years I just didn't have three resources to find them the internet's helped a lot with that internet also mainstream appeal like slowly but surely wrestling has become more mainstream nowadays because 
you have the uh let's you have like Batista, Rock, Cena all appearing in Hollywood movies, and that does help to bring people into the product. But no, it's not as mainstream as it was in like say the nineteen nineties during the Attitude Era for def for sure. But it's kind of like okay, what well, kind of somewhat back then there's more of an in there's more availability on the internet to watch everything. You can interact with the wrestlers on Twitch. Well, some of the wrestlers you can find on Twitch, not all of them anymore. Or you know Twitter and all that, and it's like this thing where it's like it is so much easier to find the people you love in the sport of wrestling now more than ever mm-hmm. from there so the singapore pro wrestling industry is born did you ever think about being a part of it like i know oh, that you yeah. work events during the weekends which is the same time they ran their shows but did it ever cross your mind that maybe there's a way that your paths could intersect or that you could be part of a promotion Oh yeah, I, they've actually reached out to some other stand-ups in the past to come up with ideas and everything, but just never panned out. And I'm not saying that, hey, you know, I ran all these stuff to hopefully work with them in the future, but if I do, that would be lovely because this is something I really enjoy and appreciate and it's like a nice thing where both of us come from different worlds of live entertainment and I've always been a huge fan of when we get to like blend the, the world together, help each other, use each other's resources and fan base to boost each other to something better. That's my hope. Ironically, the lockdown or the pandemic actually helped because it's what gave rise to the mm-hmm. lockdown cup. So yeah. what are the origins of the lockdown cup? How did it all begin? Okay. So it first started out as a wrestling RPG, which exists, you can get it online. It's called Worldwide Wrestling, WWW. It's a tabletop RPG. You know, you roll dice and then things happen. So uh, I was going to go to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival last year with a bunch of comics who both loved RPGs and wrestling. So I was like, hey, I'll read up on this setting, this rules and everything, this system, and uh, we'll play together when we're at the festival. And then the world got sent to hell. So I was like, oh man, I I studied all this, so what are we going to do with that? So when Singapore went to lockdown, I was like, I need to run, I need to do something online. So I started to to stand up, I ran my, my comedy quiz shows, and I was like, I like this RPG. Why don't I try running this try running this RPG? So we ran the RPG as like a campaign, a five-episode campaign with comedians. And on one of the episodes, we had like a, a small little 10-man rumble. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm friends with one of the wrestlers. Why don't we get him in all of these comics like like Doc, uh, Dr. Gone? So they're yeah. all like Dr. Gone and SPW. And I was like, let's get him in. So he came in as a surprise guest. Everyone was like, oh, hey. And then on the final episode, I was like, well, Dr. Gore's friends with Butcherman, so let's get the Butcherman in, the SPW champ, Singapore champ. And then he came in to wrestle a match with a, a comedian who's also a writer on S-Gag, which is the Singapore's version of 9-Gag. Do you guys have 9-Gag? Yeah. Do you, do you yeah, have like have a local gag. version of 9-Gag? Like a I think P-gag we do. I think, I think there is Yeah, I think Philippine. P-Gag was a thing here. P-Gag, okay. Jesus. Yeah. So we, we brought him in and it was like, okay, it was fun. And then as a joke, I said to him as a joke on the call, but then he was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, we put up his championship on an RPG match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, if, 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 if he had lost, I would be like, well, you took it from the, doc- the butcher man inside this world, not in, not in the real world. You took it from the butcher man inside the world of the wrestling RPG. But he won. Thankfully, he won. So I wouldn't have, be- so I wouldn't have buried him, the belt, and the promotion at the same time. Because I was like, honestly, oh, funny. And then as it happened, I'm like, oh, I'm, a- I'm that terrible asshole. I- I'm... I'm Russo, aren't I? I'm just like, it's all in it for the, for the views, man, bro. And I'm like, oh no, I kind of like, if, if he did lose, this would completely bury him as a champion or bury the championship belt as a belt. And I was like, oh no, I'm an asshole now. <laughs> I'm EC, I'm WCW in the, in the waning years now. <laughs> 
So how did the idea come together to bring in more wrestlers? Because the Lockdown Cup just expanded and included wrestlers from many different yeah. countries, the Philippines included. So after we finished the season one campaign and then we had season two of just guests and everything, I was talking to Dr. Gore and we were like, well, what can we do? I want to get more wrestlers in and it's we, be, they'll be great. But then, you know, some of them might not be proper for, let's say, a weekly show. But say, so I was like, well, I've always been a fan of like King in the Ring tournaments and the Dusty Road Classics and all that. So I was like, why don't we do a tournament? And it'll be like, yeah, that'd be easier because that way we book them over a number of weeks. We can also take time to do promos and everything. So it was just like, because we had so many people we wanted to bring on board, but we had no idea how to do it in one shot. The tournament seemed like the best way to do it. And that way everyone seemed fresh and new and like, with, like it looked like it would be uh, something different. So that's what happened. We, had, we got 16 wrestlers in. And my God, that tournament was cursed from the start. Why? It was fun. It was so fun. But we had so many dropouts and cancellations at one point. It was like, I said, I said for the first week, every single week, somebody dropped out. Mm-hmm. A wrestler was just unavailable. They had to go to work. So example, we we had like wrestlers like uh, Mr. Philippines Wrestling, uh, Jake DeLeon. We had the yeah. social media sinister. We also had people from MyPW, Graphomax. Uh, we had Carlo Cannon at one point. Mm-hmm. But then he also had to drop out. We had Crystal, the Queen, queen of Philippines Wrestling, dropped out. We had Gotham, the, the Malaysian Mafia, he dropped out. And I was like, is anyone playing this fucking game? Uh, and I was like, hey, I, you I just said it yourself, right? Yeah. 2020. If anything works, it'd be a miracle. Yeah. I, I, I had to replace one of the wrestlers with an AI, like a weird AI system that didn't work <laughs> out because I was like, I got nothing. I've got nothing. Uh, but but the matches were great and fun, and the wrestlers took to it like, like ducks in water. They. They kind of ran with the whole, it's an RPG, we get to roleplay. We also had a lot of like very young new talents, like talents who had been wrestling for less than a year, being able to interact with like the older names like uh, Jake Leon and Ken Warren and a little bit of Carlo. So it's like a chance for them to bridge the gap to the newer people. A chance for them to also put their name out, test out their, their live performance skills because most of them have only been wrestling for like a short period of time. And now they are forced to be on a camera for two hours. Mm-hmm. Which, as you boys know, that's difficult to like be on for that long. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's really tiring. So, what was it like for the viewers? Like, how did they take to it? The viewers, uh, guess the thing is, we did have the the world's biggest views because this is the double niche. Like, you want to be niche, but you never want to be double niche in your in what you do because double niche never ends well. Niche yeah. would be hey wrestling. Niche would also be hey tabletop RPGs. Double niche a tabletop rest RPGs about wrestling. Like, the fan base of those two is so minusculely small. Yeah. And at that point, like, I don't, I don't want to keep saying WCW, but it felt like WCW because we didn't have the biggest fan base. It, we didn't have the most people watching, but they were a dedicated fan base. And I was like, I am losing views and money on this, but I love this so much. I'm just going to keep pushing for this because I love what we're doing. I love the wrestlers that were on board. I love the fans that we had. And yeah, it might not have been the numbers any of us were looking at or hoping for, but they were numbers that were strong in what they were. And I was more than happy with that. So we just uh, managed to pull together a fan base of really dedicated wrestling fans. Other wrestlers were coming in to just see what the hullabaloo was all about. And we still have people who are still uh, fan, like still on my channel to this day and who came on board because of Red Dot Wrestling and because of the Lockdown Cup. We want to know more about the Lockdown Cup, but before we get into the specifics, let's tell you a little bit about our our friends from Podmetrics. 
You see, that's the easiest way for us to collab with brands. And if you want to know how you can do that as well, then Podmetrics is the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Trust us, we do it here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. If you have your own pod, you can sign up now at podmetrics.co. That is podmetrics.co. And you can use our promo code WRESTLING2XPOD. That's the word wrestling, the number two, the letter X, and the letters P-O-D. And that's how you can get full control of how you monetize your show regardless of its size. Now, if you're an advertiser and you want to collab with us on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, you can head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co. That's the word advertiser.podmetrics.co. And you can fill up the form. Podmetrics, clearly the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Now let's also hear from our friends from Shopee. Yeah, one such one such partner we get to work with because of Podmetrics is Shopee. You can get amazing deals on Shopee as well as help us along with our little podcast over here in this part of the world. All you really have to do is type out tinyurl.com slash wwpxshopee. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash wwpxshopee. Shopee. Type that out in your browser. It'll lead you to the Shopee app. And from there, every successful checkout you do sends a little commission our way. And it's a big, big help for the three of us, as well as our friends from Podcast Network Asia. Thanks, Chino. Now let's hear from our other podcasts here on Podcast Network Asia. Hi, ako si Nonong Balinay. Ako si JB Labrador. At ako naman si James Karan. And welcome, welcome to, to the Kuda! Uy, taka lang. Ano ka ba? Hindi natin show to. Huh? Ini-invite ah, lang natin sila. Yun naman pala. Ang show na ito ay para sa mga cool pals na hindi cool pals. Pwede nyo rin kami pakinggan sa aming podcast sa Spotify, Anchor, FL Podcast at iba pang platforms. At kung pinagtawanan mo si James dahil mali ang pronunciation niya, kupal ka. You mentioned you were losing money on it. So what were you spending on? Like, I'm curious about the production costs because yeah. I have no idea how to organize uh, this sort of thing. So it was mainly time because a lot of time, like, I, it was a one-man operation. So all of the graphics, that was me, the organization. I've also had to rework the RPG system because the RPG system was a little bit more complex and it involved like, hey, kayfabe and backstage stuff and going on the road. So I had to remove all of those systems and convert it into a live show format where it's like where we have to have a bit of tension a bit of push your luck a bit of gambling effects behind it and then we also had to get like a a, tro- a, a plaque because we had to have a plaque and it's also has the words insert insert picture here but then instead we got something like this I haven't given it over yeah. <laughs> hey audio listeners you're gonna love this oh, it's a joke. <laughs> it's actually a joke. insert name here <laughs> yeah it's the words insert name here because it's a joke no. That is the exact same uh, game that we were playing. We we played the wrestling tabletop game as well last year during the oh. during the start of the lockdown. Uh, JDL was also part of it. A few guys were part of it as well. But yeah, same thing. There was a kayfabe element. There was a backstage element, and then it's a good thing that you were able to adapt everything yeah. to make it more palatable to an audience on the stream, right? Yeah. So the thing is that we removed all of the kayfabe. It was just like everything is as in everything is one hundred percent real. You wake up, you fall asleep as your character. And it's also like trying to teach 16 people how to play an RPG is very difficult. I can imagine. Have, yeah. And also kind of like try, try to convince them, hey, you'll get it as you play. Because it's it's kind of scary to kind of like go from, to try out a new style of performance, which is like these live shows on a new game you've never played before. And the guy just telling you, hey, just trust me, I'll take care of you. 
and bless they they were very lovely and they put their trust in me and I hope they had a good time with it because I definitely did with all of them absolute delight with all of them and yeah but it just took up a lot of man hours and time and like, resources that I had to dedicate to this project was there any incident that you would say was probably the most chaotic or like something that happened throughout the entire thing that gave you such a headache yeah just the cancellations just the non-stop cancellations and people because because the thing is a tournament it's a tournament and we're not like planning it it's it's not like like an actual wrestling tournament where you kind of know who's going to win it's like you have it's all by random it's all by luck which means that if you get let's say a big name right let's say for example if we manage to get like chris jericho and he goes up against like some let's say for example john day from uh from grapple max yeah i said wrestle league i'm like what brain (laughs) work brain work from Grapple Max and it's like John's fantastic but I mean come on you want you want Chris Jericho to go through because hey Chris Jericho of one episodes that'd be great but it's also an RPG it's like as much as I would I could attempt to skew it to Chris at the end of the day if Chris made bad decisions made bad roles and John made great roles John's going over just because these are just how this is just how it works I cannot make it unfair to the players just because of how how senior or how up the card they are it is based on pure luck and that was like the the fun but also frustrating thing of like, oh, I really wanted this person to go through. Oh, I really wish that this person would have stayed on for a little bit longer. Or I wish that they, this match would have gone a bit shorter but quicker, but you can't do anything about it. It's really about like trusting the players and trusting the process and just letting them go with it. On the flip side, what are the highlights of the lockdown cup? We had some really good matches. We had like a triple we had like a triple trap between Traxus from SPW, Stickton from MyPW. And we had uh, referee Ryan from SPW. And it was like a triple threat. Uh, not triple threat. It was a three-way dance. Do you all know the difference between a three-way dance and yes. a triple threat? Yeah. Which, which is a thing I never even knew yeah. there was a difference. WWE licensed triple threat and fatal four-way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because um, I remember when PWR was still starting out in its early years. And, uh, we would try to promote triple threat matches. I remember it being called a triple threat a few times. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so... Some of the earlier PWR matches were actually branded as triple threats or fatal four ways. And then somebody had to come in and say, wait, guys, uh, those are actual WWE trademark names. So we have to use three-way dance or four-way matches. Yeah. So yeah. But, totally. but here's the, thing. the rules are different as well based on the names. You okay. know that? Yeah. So a triple threat is whoever gets the pin first. A three-way dance is an elimination. Oh, oh yes. Okay. I, rem- I remember this yeah. as well uh, from, yeah. from a and video I'm- game, from Legends yeah. of Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was like this, like fascinating. Like that would be fascinating. But the match itself was good. Like they were just tense. It was just a tense hour and a half or so of just people rolling dice and like making RPG decisions, playing in character, and you had like people pulling out things from the rule book that I forgot were in the rule book, and they're like, "Wait, Sam, I have this ability." Because <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh, you have that ability." I didn't even think about that as the game master, which is always so good when you, as a game master, get a bit of like, the, "Oh, I didn't even think you were gonna play that." And it was just like, pff, there was like double pins and false finishes in an RPG, and like the crowd, the the chat were just like, "This is like they they were doing the this is awesome chance." I was at home, I was like, "This is awesome." By the time we were all done and we closed the stream, all four of us were just like, "Wow, we are exhausted right now." For people who are just sitting down and rolling dice on a on a handphone, right? So you found yourself a nice little niche on Twitch, mm-hmm. right? With yeah. all the streams that you do, all the game shows you host, and even some that you do yourself. How do you like that that transition from doing like live stand up to doing basically an online entertainment format? It's it's completely different. 
it is such a different like sphere and realm because on on the one hand like stand-ups would like to say that they they are a force and a uh, a force and a art form of truth of right. honesty of bringing to the people but in reality stand-up is just a just lies a lot of stand-up <laughs> is lying it's like you weren't there the other day this didn't happen to you they're all bullshit you've changed the story right. and improved it to make yourself seem like a a real person whereas Twitch is genuinely honest because after the first few weeks of talk- and you're talking to an audience for three hours every night it's like you're just gonna talk about what's really happening in your life you're gonna be honest and you gotta do it in a fascinating and intriguing way you, can't, you have to actually talk about your life like in a truly uh, like in an observational stand, uh, stand viewpoint and it was fun I was very scared because I think like anyone on the internet you know the internet is full of pricks and right. I was like, oh, Twitch, they're gamers, yeah. so it could be double bricks. Right. But then I went on there, and the people on Twitch have been nothing but the loveliest human beings you would ever meet. Like, just so sweet and kind of their time. They're just so supportive of anything you do. There are a few pricks here and there, but honestly, I feel most of them are just socially awkward human beings rather than, like, intentional assholes. Mm-hmm. And then we have people who also come in from different countries who are like... So you've got a viewer from Puerto Rico who doesn't really speak English, so we have to translate whatever they say through Google Translate. So they'll try to Google wow. Translate uh, from, from Spanish to English and then I will try to pick through the English that they've translated and try to make it make sense to me. Uh-huh. And there are people in from like Brazil as well so they're speaking in uh, Spanish. Yeah. And it's like you're just so, trying to learn all these languages and, but everyone there is so wonderful. When you're coming up with content for Twitch, uh, how do you keep the ideas fresh? Because like you said, being on for three hours, that's exhausting in and of itself. But how do you not run out of anything to say or do such that you've got some dead air? Like that's a card, uh, a mortal sin. Cardinal oh, sin, but here's the thing with Twitch. It, you, it's, dead air is perfectly fine on Twitch. You're on for three hours. They don't expect you to be on for three hours. You're playing games as well. You can have, you can have time right. to just rest and relax. Like when I have a chill stream, I'll just honestly talk to them. I'll ask them questions. It's not just a one-person show. It is a it is a community you're building, and you want to get to know them and feel them a bit better. Yeah, it's it's a, a lot interactive too. Like I, when I did your stream, I didn't expect it to be that interactive. Yeah, they 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 put it on because Chino came on for our comedy quiz show called No Right Answers, which is the best way I describe it. It's like QI from the UK that that TV show, but for dumb people. So we, we ask like really we ask like stupidly difficult question, and we get comics in to write like funny answers for it. So for that one, it's good because the audience get to play along. They get to answer their stuff. They get to heckle the comics. The comics get to heckle back. Like, it's just like a back and forth with an audience, which is something that I think most performers have missed, that ability to interact right. with the crowd since they've been in lockdown. Uh, Sam, I, w- I was watching one of the clips from one of your shows pre-pandemic before we went on. I think it was from Thinking Out Loud. Is that uh, uh, coming, like, out coming Out Loud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. Uh, no, so yeah. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I was saying, wait, wait. That's a, that's a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's quite. You can have and... to forgive me. That memory's only like literally minutes old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I watch a part of coming out loud, and and I love how candid you are about being gay, especially in mm-hmm. Singapore, where you know it's mm-hmm. traditionally conservative. So, how have you been able to navigate that space of being a gay stand-up comic in Singapore? Uh, I mean, it's fascinating to say the least. Like, I've definitely branded myself as like the gay comic, for better or for worse, because. On the one hand, there's a lot of queer people in Singapore. There's a lot of queer performers, but they're not always openly queer. You know what I mean? Where they they will trade off on the fact that they're gay and they're flamboyant and all that stuff, but they never come out of the closet. So they get to play both sides of the fence. Okay. 
Yeah, so it's so kind like of you're like gay, a, but you're not really gay. No, no, you're gay, and you are doing all the stuff that a gay performer would do, but you never officially came out. So okay. that way, like the mainstream can still book you and hire you because you're not official. Okay. Does that mean that when you are out, uh, there are mm-hmm. less opportunities available yep. for you? Yep. I mean, depend here and there. Like example, 2019 was a great year because there's just so much of a push for queer for queer rights around the world. So they're just like, hey, we need queer performers on our shows. And it was like, okay, hey, that's my year. And then last year, just... But it, it's really here and there. When I started, the second I said I was gay on stage, you could physic- you could visibly feel the room temperature lower. You could feel the crowd stuff have a sharp intake of breath. Like, oh, it's one of these people. Okay. Yeah. And, but now the crowds are so much better. And it was just kind of having the persistence to just be honest with it, constantly talk about it, and just get audiences interested in the concept of it. Because it, it was a kind of like a weird thing. Because for a long time, I was like, why can't I talk about the thing that is true to me? Because yeah. everyone else can call like female comics can go out and talk about being female. The Malay and Indian comics can go out and talk about being Malay and Indian, and the Chinese ones can do so as well. But as a gay comic, if I go up, I'll be told by some bookers, "Hey, can you not do the gay jokes tonight? Can you not do all this?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, they're not all jokes about fingering and anal. Eighty <laughs> percent of them are, but they're not all about fingering and anal." Oh, uh, the twenty do... sucking dick, right? Like exactly, dick sucking, eighty percent anal. Concentrate the power of will. <laughs> Does that ever take the wind out of your sails, though? Like uh, that experience uh, from oh, when absolutely. you first said on stage that you were gay. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's still. I mean no, no doubt it still happens. I still even last month we were was performing back on stage when I said I was gay. I could see an old conservative couple go from haha a good time to their hands protect the nipples. You know, that's that's the arm fold for audio listeners when you I, I call it the, the the arms protect the nipples move where they just sort of like cross their arms it's like oh, I don't I don't like this guy. It's like you haven't even heard the jokes. I just said I was gay and you just turned off. What the fuck is wrong with you? And you wanna have get you ever won anyone over? Huh? Yeah, I've won some people over. I, I have, but then sometimes when I'm in that state I just wanna get at them. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Really? You're gonna you're gonna like just automatically not like me because I said I was gay. Like, at least give me a chance. Like, God, it's like if, imagine if Jesus came back because I assumed they were Christian because trust me I get more ho- I've I've got the more homophobia out of Christians than I did in the middle fucking east I performed <laughs> in the middle east and they welcomed me with open arms granted one of those arms had the Kodesh but still with open arms <laughs> you got a Christian and I was like we do not like this and you are corrupting and and like Muslim extremists like it's fine they can do what we want we'll kill them later it's like it's delightful but yeah and it's just like just you just have to keep at it keep fighting and like of course i'm gonna do some things that are a bit raunchy a bit dirty i'm naturally am a bit raunchy and dirty regardless of whether i was gay or straight i'm just gonna make those jokes but i do not think that being gay uh, definitely means all these things are definitely going to happen or that's all we are it's like if you look at my set like coming out loud is an exception because that's like the hour encompassing a story look at my normal stand-up routines it's like what, 20 or 30% about me being gay and 70% about like my life and other stuff. And yet, I will still be banned as a gay act. I mean, I think that's an issue for like, I think we can put that in wrestling as well. Like, even if you get slightly branded as an LGBT wrestler, sometimes it kind of follows you. I mean, we all saw what happened to Orlando Jordan, didn't we, kids? Oh, that <laughs> poor man. Fucking dragged <laughs> but, but, to hell. Yeah, but but at the, I think at the same time though, the, the, when Orlando Jordan happened in the late two thousands, um, mm-hmm. that was a way warped uh, perception and idea of what mm-hmm. even being LGBT is. Yeah, 
and now it's like much a better understanding. So like you have right. you now have like queer wrestlers who are just hey we're Korean we're wrestling and I'm like this is great. Sonya Deville is a great wrestler and then she's also queer. It's like this is great. Jake Atlas great wrestler also queer. It's like this is great. You're not putting them in like fucking uh lesbians. Oh, they nearly put her in lesbians, <laughs> right. but nearly <laughs> but didn't happen. Nearly nearly but didn't happen. Thank fuck for that. And, and Jake Atlas <laughs> no queer storyline. He's just fighting a just fighting a dude for honor not honor and the right to be the best wrestler. It's like, that's what we want to see. That's true representation. We can come up and just be yourself. Sometimes yourself might be stereotypes. Sometimes it may not, but do not think we are nothing. We are just boiled down to our stereotypes. That is part of us. That is part of our culture and our history, but there's more to us than that. And do not think that this is what defines us. This is merely one part of the painting. Yeah, like up until, I would say the last, five years, maybe even less, uh, LGBT representation in wrestling hasn't really been great. So for you, you know, knowing who you are, knowing your sexuality, who did you latch on to like, as someone who you felt would have represented you as a gay person? Oof. I think like the Hardy Boys. Hardy, because it's like, not even because of like, anyway queer. It's like, hey, they're out there. They're doing their own thing. They're living. Like, I just gravitated anyone that was like, had unique stuff. I think that's why mm-hmm. I like weirdo wrestlers because like, hey, you're doing something that's you and unique and even if people don't like it, hey, you're having a good time with it and you are finding your fan base. That's what I appreciate. Now, those, and that's the genuine answer. The, the not as good answer is, ooh, Kota Ibushi's hot. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to judge you for saying Kota Ibushi's hot. How, how, is he four? He's close to 40, isn't he? He's yes, 38. He is. he's, he's 38. Fucking twink. How is he so fucking twinky? At the, he's geez. not a twink anymore. He's not a twink anymore, though. He's, he's all twunk, that he's It's all that he's thing, very It's all that yes, thing. He's very twunk. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just double check. Because uh, he warned me. So let me just confirm how he looks. Let me just burn him into my... Yeah, I know. He's, he's no longer a junior, so he can't be a twink. I know, no, he's a twunk. He's a twunk, so he's not He's he's not a bear because he's hairless. I'm not sure if you Wait, know. Wait, what, what is a twunk? I know what a twink is. What's a twunk? A twunk is basically twink with muscles. Okay. Kunk. No, okay. yeah, so it's like a twink and a hunk. Yeah, it's a twunks. But you, you still have that boyish young looks, but you know, you're, you're buff. And right. this man's 38. This, how is this man 38? How? <laughs> My, I mean, Asian he, don't raise him. Yeah, I know. If he became, like, you could see him as being part of a K-pop band. Full on. Mm-hmm. Like, he oh, yeah. Could, yeah. I don't doubt that. Just imagine him, <laughs> imagine him doing Burning Hammers to Super Junior or something like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> one at a time. I was like, eh, fuck your singles, fuck your singles. Screw you, you dynamites. How, how about in the current era, though? Like, who, who do you feel has um, really represented the LGBTQ plus community? Or, or someone that uh, you, you really feel like represents you? Uh, Jack Atlas. Jack Atlas, for damn sure. Like, every time I see nice. Jack Atlas, like, yes, this is, he's great. He's, uh, he wants to, he's, like, was part of, like, the Be A Star program to speak up for bullying and, and all that jazz. Uh, he's doing good work right now. In the next T, I'm just like, yes, please, please. Once again, please don't go up to the main roster. Please don't go up to the main roster. You're, you're gay and Mexican. You know what he's gonna, you know what the old man's gonna do to you. It's gonna be like, gonna come on. You're just gonna be like, I like burritos. Like, don't go, don't go. He will ruin you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something uh, definitely worth appreciating in the fact that uh, characters like Jake Atlas, like they're just really, really good wrestlers who just happen to be gay. Yeah, and uh, that that part of their personality isn't being exploited, and I think you know, even though I'm not gay, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I I think that's what I do appreciate about NXT, which is like they just let people be themselves, and occasionally you have characters that get a bit crazy, but they're fun. 
like the carrying cross. It's like, hey, that's a character that you're allowed to, you're still allowed to like be a solid wrestler, but you have that fun paint job over of like, hey, you come to the ring and there's a whole music video and then there's right. this lady with rubber on her gloves and she comes in and she lip syncs to a song. So it's kind of like an evil drag queen that accompanies you to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Scarlet Voto. She's just an evil drag queen. That's all she is. And then it's like, yeah, and but everyone's allowed to just shine as a wrestler. They don't, they're not forced to like, hey, you got a sticking character in the ring. It's like, no, everyone's allowed to, you know, be as solid as they want. Even Zia Lee with the current, uh, yeah, okay. What is your opinion on the weird evil lady in the chair? Because it's like, I I just don't want her to be Japanese. I I, I, I need her to not be Meiko Satomura. Meiko Satomura. I just need her to be Chinese. That's Why would it. she be Meiko Satomura? That would be so fucking weird. I don't because know. WWE. Oh, shoot. No, I I thought it was going to be Tessa Blanchard at one point. That's <laughs> <laughs> even, even worse. <laughs> What's I worse, mean, a white woman or, 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 or the no, wrong Asian? No, no, no but the best part is that she goes and she just rips it off and goes, I'm not racist, everybody! Also, hello! <laughs> hey, uh, Sam, I gotta ask, yeah. are, are you fluent in Chinese? A, a bit here and there. I, I specialize in Mandarin, but even my Mandarin is vaguely decent. I would say it's decent. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, I'm I'm willing to bet that your Chinese is better than mine because I've been trying to find someone to help me define what the fuck Tian Sha is supposed to mean. Fuck, I don't even know what the fuck that means either. Tian Sha. Okay. Yeah, the, Tian. the name that represents uh, Zayali and Boas group. So Tian is in the word for heaven and then yeah. Sha, which is kind of close to the word for kill or to okay. murder. See, I haven't figured it out. Tian Sha. It's probably like, let's say, like, uh, heaven's, like, heaven's sworn or something. It's like kind of like, just like heaven demands that you die or some shit like that. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same definition I kind of came up with. So yeah, I just yeah. needed to confirm with another Chinese. I'm guessing that's. I'm guessing that's what it is. But once again, Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> Tessa Blanchard, full on as the evil Chinese crone. She yeah, drinks the no. blood of the enemies, it's, and it's, it's Tessa Blanchard's Chinese name. That's that's it. <laughs> Tian, Tian, Tessa. We're not going there. We're not going there. But 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 I'm just really curious where that's gonna go because it's like. Okay, this looks interesting. It's like it's vaguely an oriental orientalism of kind of like ooh the mysterious Chinese, but it's like it's, it's not, not vague. It's really over the top with the yeah. orientalism. Yeah, but it's not like terrible. It's not like they're like it's yes. not terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, not terrible. terrible. The only thing that's terrible is that weird old lady in a throne. Because I'm like, right. y'all have to explain that. Y'all can't just go as <laughs> a random old lady in a throne. I mean, <laughs> they didn't even explain just, the name to us, so. What, why expect them to explain everything else? Yeah, we just need to know who is she. Like, that's, that's the only thing. It's like, we need to know who is the lady in the throne, why does she have control over the two of them, and is this racist? <laughs> I feel that should I be a an additional every, question. This would be every sec, every week in wrestling, it should supposed to be, is this racist? Hey, is is it racist that we make the, the, the two Mexican the two Mexican wrestler tag teams just the bad guys everywhere they go, regardless of their promotion? <laughs> Why are the Mexicans always the bad guys in tag teams? Well, to be fair, though, there Mexican. there are two other mass Latinos who are the good guys. So yeah, you have Lucha House Party. At least, yes, at least you've got a balance there. Yeah, so we've got the the really so, like the team that's known for just wrecking things up and destroying their opponents versus the three idiots with the weird crackers on their hands. They're not saying they're bad wrestlers, but they're booked bad. They are booked badly. They are booked <laughs> to lose. They are like. True. Yeah, because I mean, what's what's worse, like being a team that's booked to lose, or being a team booked to lose to a known racist? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
because isn't that what happened to oh what's his name Allah Sullivan it's like I'm not a racist I, I appreciate everybody how shall we boost up his name let's have him beat up three Mexicans next week that's not gonna cause any problems fuck it we'll get Tessa Blanchard involved fuck it why not <laughs> as we wind down here uh, I want to ask about the future of uh, what you're doing with, with Red Dot Wrestling like where do you want this thing to thing to go because as we said earlier it looks like the pandemic has no end in sight yeah uh, I mean right now I'm turning into a once a month show so every month it's just going to be like a pay-per-view just like three or four matches or one really big match and we bring in like special guests in so it's like because I think on a on a weekly basis it gets a bit tiring on a monthly basis it's nice gives us time to promote so uh, this month thanks for reminding me I need to go and chase the, I need to go and chase the people I am asking to be on the show next week because they haven't gotten back to me yet uh Booking's difficult, gang. Let me see. Write his name down. Yeah, so uh, that's the plan. And then I'm planning to do, hopefully, uh, what I did last year as well, which was part of Red Dot Wrestling, was this uh, 30-person online rumble called the Rojak right. Rumble. Because Rojak is a term for the means a mix, a mess. So uh, we did last year. It was eight hours. We raised 3.5k for charity. So I want to do another one of it, every charity organization. And because I'm on Twitch and there's a bunch of wrestlers on Twitch, I'm going to see if I can like reach out to them. It's like, hey, we want to be part of this and come on board be part of this event it'd be really fun while raising money for charity and then uh, yeah just gotta find a charity that everyone will like that's the hard thing so I realised because last year there's a lot of charity fundraising and this year I'm very sure there will still be but just gotta find like what would work good right right um, how about you though um, as a content creator as a streamer uh, what other events are you lining up especially now that you know we're in the new year people say oh clean slate fresh opportunities, all that jazz. So what, what else is on your plate now? For the time being, for this year, I'm just going to keep on Twitch. I'm just going to be streaming almost every other, not every other day, but at least four times a week if I can. Uh, and I'm also working on a book at the moment, like a fiction book on the nice. side, just starting to write it. My God, I hate words now. They are the worst. <laughs> I just, I just got to find the words and pull it out of my brain. And they're so difficult. But working on that and, uh, here and there, I seem to be getting offers to start up live shows again because everyone's hungry to do live shows again, as am I. Yeah. But I've kind of been enjoying the online shows. I've been enjoying being online. And uh, I think I just need a little bit of break from the stage for a bit to really enjoy this. So I'll still go back to the, to the live shows and all that, as long as I can make sure that it's affordable for the audiences and make sure it's safe for them mm-hmm. to be there and, every, and I can put on a show that is worth watching. Uh, if not, hey, you can catch me online, and that's my focus. And me crying into a into a Microsoft Word document, just going, "Why can't I write this exposition?" <laughs> so, for our listeners here in the Philippines uh, who want to check out your work, whether it's your stand-up work or your content on Twitch or even the book, where can people find it? Oh, you can always find me at my handle across the board. It is Mr. Sam C. M. R. S-A-M-S-E-E. The best way to memorize that is that eight is a lucky number in Chinese. And there are eight letters in Mr. Sam C. I am on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, Twitch. It is also Mr. Sam C. Come on by. We've got new remotes. I play all kind of dumb shit. I talk to all kind of weird people. Maybe I'll get the Shanghai Carlo Cannon on the po- on the show one of these days. We will see. But I am everywhere except TikTok. Because that thing's <laughs> fucking confusing. <laughs> For you and us, for you and us both. Mm-hmm. Sam, thank you so much for joining us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Really appreciate you being very candid and very open with us. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing more of your work out there, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
Thanks again to Sam C for joining us here on the podcast. I had a lot of fun uh, talking to him. Like yeah, he, he, he's na. sobrang kalug niya. You know, I, yeah. I feel like you guys are gonna get along because he's also a wrestling fan and he's also very politically correct. So you I, guys, I, I, so I, I have you. already have plans of if I whenever it is that I get to go back to Singapore, I'm gonna yeah, see hit him, him up. He's hang very, out with him. He's, he's easily he's the first person I met in the stand up scene in yeah. Singapore. That's how welcoming he is. And he's been over here a few times as well doing stand-up shows here. So I hope, Sam, if you are listening to this episode, this makes <laughs> up for the time I totally did not promote your show. I'm sorry. I just had a hard time. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a showrunner. So I hope this makes up for it. So, so, so there's that. All right. If you want to check out all of his stuff, you can hit him up on social media at Mr. Sam C. Now, uh, let's tell you about our friends from Mr. Speedy because they have a special offer for you just because you're a listener of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. All right, stop me if you heard this one before. You need to send something to a friend or to a loved one, maybe a few blocks away, a different city away, but you don't know what to do. Thankfully, there is Mr. Speedy for you. Mr. Speedy takes a lot of your uh, easily handled items and sends them right over through their writers to your uh, designated uh, destination. And because you are a listener of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, syempre, meron kaming ano, special code just for you. New Mr. Speedy users can get 50 pesos off of their first delivery ever on Mr. Speedy by using the code Wrestling Wrestling X Mr. Speedy. That is Wrestling Wrestling X M R S P E E D Y. Again, if you use that, that is a huge 50 pesos of your very first delivery. What are you waiting for? Send something something through Mr. Speedy right now. That's Wrestling Wrestling X Mr. Speedy. See, it's so easy for us to collab with brands like Mr. Speedy on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast thanks to Podmetrics. And it's the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Now, if you're starting your own pod or if you've had one for a while and you're wondering how you can make money out of it, you can sign up now at podmetrics.co and use our code WRESTLING2XPOD so you can get full control of how you monetize your show regardless of its size. Again, use our referral code. It's WRESTLING2XPOD. The word wrestling, the number two, the letter X, and the letters P-O-D. Now, if you're an advertiser and you want to collab with us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, hell no. You can head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and you can fill up the form right now. Let's get some plugs before we get out of here. Chino, what's on deck for the Class Clown? Okay, so one of two things may or may not happen on Class Clown. <laughs> I may have recorded a bonus episode featuring Ambeth Ocampo, who is, hey, wow. uh, for hey. those of you in the know, is a very renowned historian. And yeah, big deal. A little about history. Or I may have put out my first ever solo pod. Okay, so one of two things may happen. But you are guaranteed a great season finale for season one of Class Town. Out there, wherever you get your podcast, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now Pocket Casts, which is a little hey. app that I like to use. So hey. it's, it's impressive for me to have it on there. So thank you to PNA and thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to season one of the Class Town. All right. How about you, uh, Euro? Not going to promote any Twitches right now. So let me just promote our Patreon, the exclusive Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Patreon. That is where we post a lot of other content that we don't have time for on our weekly live wrestling streams, wrestling talk streams, um, mostly post-show reviews of Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT pay-per-views. So a lot of that is on there. If you want to 
if you want to go in depth about what we thought of those shows, uh, please do listen to that. We also have exclusive merch, special merch for patrons. We also have a Discord community that is slowly growing, but uh, slowly and steadily growing. And on that Discord community, we also hold our pay-per-view watch party. So the next one is the Royal Rumble live on February 1, Manila time, in the morning. You don't have to wait for it until you finish work. Uh, we'll be doing that. And some of us have taken leaves just to watch that. And you will be guaranteed a really, really good time watching with fellow wrestling fans and with us as well. So, it's only as low as 250 pesos per month. You won't regret it. I promise you. Speaking of hanging out with fellow wrestling fans, we're hanging out with another one on February 4 over on the Kumu stream at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. That's, uh, that's the first Thursday of Feb at 7 p.m. We've got Jake Cuenca to join us as he's uh, talking about the Royal Rumble, the men's and women's winners. He'll help us break it all down by then. So make sure to catch that. And as for me, you can check out my other podcast here on PNA. It's called On Deck with Stan C. And for this month, uh, I'm rounding out January with Chris Chuper of Love Radio, uh, the radio partner of Nicole Hiala. He's got a lot of insights about uh, being a radio DJ from Quezon Province and then being pirated and being moved to Metro Manila and how that kick-started his rise to the top of FM radio. So that's a really fun conversation that you can find on my podcast called On Deck. Before we end the episode, big thanks and shout-outs to Babyface producers Nikai and Sola for putting all these episodes together and making sure that we remember all of our partners and, and, and the people we have to thank. Uh, special thanks as well to the Podcast Network Asia family for holding down the fort and letting us continue to do what we do here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And thank you. Thank our patrons, our listeners, our followers for always supporting us. We're going strong. We're about to hit our seventh anniversary this year, baby. Yep, yep that's true. Lucky number seven. So let's get right to it in 2021. <laughs> Children's party, tayo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. C3. Uh, it uh, <laughs> party, ka naman, uh, Nikai. You just heard the dulcet tones of baby face for the first Nikai. time ever on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> first time, ba? Is it first time? Is it the first time to get on the podcast with us? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, there she's uh, she's keeping herself concealed, parang luchadora na naka mask. So there, that's as much as you'll get from babyface producer Nikai. Anyway, on behalf of Romaran and Chino Liao, my name is Stan C. Saying thank you very much to Sam C. and to you, our listeners. This episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is in the books. Stay safe, stay healthy, mask up, and peace out. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>